Have you ever wondered if it's possible to live in sync with your cycle instead of against it? Do you struggle with a negative mindset around sex with your spouse? Are you wondering if it's possible to live a full, healthy life without using contraception? We're going to explore these questions and so many more in the Managing Your Fertility podcast because this is about helping you live a whole and full life. I'm your host and guide, Bridget Busacker, joining you in the journey of exploration related to women's healthcare, sex and intimacy in marriage, and everything related to fertility awareness. Are you ready? Let's get started. I am so glad you're on the journey with me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I am really excited to have Elise Gallagher on. She is wife and mom to two little girls. And as of March, 2023, she is the vice president of operations at her family business, JC Law, which is a regional law firm based in Baltimore, Maryland. Before JC Law, Elise was the founder and CEO of Ringlet, a marketing agency focused on serving women-owned businesses. Elise built Ringlet from a one-woman show to a thriving multi-dimensional company with eight employees. Ringlet produced national multi-level campaigns for startups around the country. What I love most, Elise's mission is to empower Catholic women to boldly step into their feminine genius to live the vocations God has called them to. In today's episode, we're going to dig into this. We're going to talk about different aspects of what it looks like when we are called and when we say yes, and when we don't fit into a box and we don't fit into a particular stereotype. And I've just seen so much of this in my own life, online, in conversations with people on and offline, uh, you know, wondering like, can women, especially can Catholic women work and have children? Can we be in different places and wear these different hats? Is it okay? Are we hurting our marriages? Are we hurting our children? Are we helping our marriages? Are we helping our children? There's there's so much nuance to this topic. And so I, I'm excited to say this is going to be one of many interviews, but I'm really thrilled to have Elise on with me to kick this off for this season. Um, we're going to jump into aspects of redefining the workplace, uh, the the conversation around roles, what's best, what is the best way to be a Catholic woman? I'm sure you've heard that before. And this is a, this is a conversation for women who are married, unmarried, children, no children, like for any season in your life to get into this a little bit more, get uncomfortable um, and, and do it with us as we look at these different aspects and we go deeper than just this high level way of, of, of approaching it or saying, okay, this is going to be 20 minutes. Let's see what happens. And we don't really get into the meat of it because that's been my struggle with some of these conversations. Um, I find that people aren't willing to go deep or they, um, maybe they, not that they don't want to, they just don't. And I think this is a place where we we really have a lot of opportunity to think about this, get uncomfortable together. And I've said that a few times, I know, but I think it's so important for this topic and to ask those tough questions that maybe we think about at night or when we're in the shower and we have a couple minutes to ourselves or we're off to bed and we decide that we're just going to read our book instead, instead of thinking about these, these tough or challenging things that, um, maybe keep us awake or keep us in a space of uncertainty. So let's get into it. I'm really excited to have Elise on and to get in this conversation. Elise, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you on and chatting today, all things about roles, the workplace, and what it looks like to actually use our gifts and talents for the glory of God. 
Hi, Bridget. It's such a joy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so let's jump in. I would love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you became passionate about this work and helping women discover their genius and being able to live out our talents and our skills for the gifts and they give these gifts to the world, give them back to God, how it plays into like, if you're a mom and what that can look like, especially that roles conversation that tends to get pretty sticky and pretty mm-hmm. hot headed in the Catholic and Christian world. Yes, absolutely. So I've had a long and winding career. I studied philosophy at Catholic University. So I'd like to say if I became a business person, anyone can, because I started off studying philosophy and pre-law thinking I might want to become a lawyer. But instead, after undergrad, I went and got my master's in communications. And um, from there, I worked for several startups, worked for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops in their communications department, and eventually opened my first company in 2017 that was named Ringlet. And we were a marketing agency based in Washington, D.C. We worked with primarily women-owned businesses, doing everything from website design, social media management, copywriting, And I eventually grew that company to, at its height, we had about eight employees um, located all around the U.S. And we worked with national brands and it was it was just awesome experience. And then in 2018, I found myself really wanting to better integrate my faith and my work and looked for other Catholic women who wanted to do the same and decided to start Catholic Women in Business, which is a community and resource for Catholic women who are looking to uh, or feel that they have a vocation to business in some capacity and are looking for support and resources to do so. Um, So that is a a website. We publish four to five articles on our blog each week. Uh, We have a fantastic writing community um, of 35 writers who are managed by our co-president and editor-in-chief, Erin DeLong. And uh, we also have a Facebook group um, of about 4,000 women who um, facilitate have great conversations every single day about um, what it means to be a Catholic working woman from how do I start an LLC to is it okay to make money to uh, how do I balance work and family. And then I actually had a transition in my work life recently. In the beginning of 2023, I joined my family's law firm um, as a VP of operations. So I work with all of our department heads there. We have about 75 employees to uh, make sure our employees are doing the work that they need to and, and optimizing our systems and processes while also working with our CEO and founder, my dad, to scale. We're um, currently expanding from our Baltimore office to DC and Virginia, and then we have about three more office openings slated for 2024. So it's been an exciting year for my family. Um, Definitely a change for me. Um, It's been really exciting to see how the Lord has uh, used my gifts and talents that I've built over the last 10 years in business to now apply that to my family business. That's amazing. Uh, something that I, I've seen you talk a lot about is redefining the workplace. And I think just in hearing your own background in the past 10 years of where you have gone and where you've where you've been, where you're going, and the different roles that you've held and the different skills that you're learning and growing along the way, this is something that you've talked more and more about. And um, I've seen you have more and more conversations around what would it look like to redefine the workplace for men and women to make it a space 
that is more conducive to women actually being able to be mothers if they'd like to and to be able to work. Um, and, and you've talked beyond that around uh, pay and issues around, you know, even things like, okay, well, what happens when it comes to women's health care? Um, and, and you brought men into the conversation too. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what does redefining the workplace look like to you and what has like really stirred up that passion for you to talk about it and make space for this conversation because I don't see it a lot in the Catholic circles that's why I love Catholic women in business because I think it's finally been a place for Catholic women to ask these questions and to figure out like where do I fit into this when there can be this this dynamic of thinking I have to be at home once I have children or I have to work from a from the I think the the feminist um I don't know, language and, and some of the anthem that comes into play for us as women to think I have to do this to make sure we don't go back in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I have this conversation, I really like to start with the idea and question of what is work. I think we have lost that thought process a little bit in, in the Catholic sphere that I strongly believe that every woman works, whether you are staying at home as a mom right now, or you're working full-time outside of the home, or you're somewhere in between. The Lord has given us work as a means to encounter him. Work is not evil. It is not something that, um, you know, I, I think there's so many different ways that we can define work that does not lead to our vocation, but um, work is... Um, a way that we live out our call as men and women, especially as lay people, um, we are called to be priests, prophets, and kings. And our work is a way that we live out that calling. Um, so I firmly believe every, every woman works. Um, it just means that uh, how's the Lord calling you to, to work in this specific season? In the last few years as I've become a mom, uh, work has looked very different for me. Probably every six months I've taken maturity leave and then spent time as a stay-at-home mom and then worked full-time at home, worked part-time at home, and now I'm working full-time outside of the home while still working um, from home here and there. So um, I think I would really like to see in the Catholic world specifically us letting go of this divide between women who are quote unquote, working and women who are not working, because in reality, we're all part of the body of Christ and all called to um, spread the gospel, whether um, it, you know, it looks different for all of us, which is great. We're, you know, as um, scripture tells us, we are all many parts and, and one body. So um, for me, when I talk about changing the workforce specifically, so women who are working unquote, outside of the home in some way, um, are bringing in an income. Um, I want to see Catholic women making more money. And I think we have also kind of um, demonized money in the thought that, um, you know, if we make money, it is somehow evil or, or negative. And really what the church tells us is that making money is merely a tool. 
it's a tool for our families so that we can um, grow our families, that we can sustain our families. It's a tool for the church and our communities so that we may um, help the poor and um, expand our evangelization and, and mission work um, beyond um, our smaller communities. Um, and I've really had to wrestle with that. I think this tension for women comes between, you know, we are limited beings <laughs> and that we only have 24 hours in a day and we have to be really, really wise and prudent when it comes to how we're spending our time. So yes, work sometimes and making money will take us away from our children and our families. And sometimes the Lord calls us to those specific seasons or times when um, we have to ask for help in, in raising our children and um, looking to our communities and our families to maybe fill in some of that time when we are away from our kids um, or those who are relying on us um, in order to uh, work in some capacity um, outside of the home. So I think uh, what was a really interesting statistic for me post-pandemic was that um, 865,000 women as of September 2020 lost or left the workforce. So either lost their jobs or decided to um, stay at home with their children and uh, walk away from paid work um, because of the pandemic. And the pandemic really revealed to us the weakness of our childcare system and of the way that we look at women's work because our current workforce, um, especially before 2020, was shaped around men because that was the primarily primary person uh, gender who was in the workforce. Um, nine to five was um, was built with the assumption that there was someone at home um, taking care of the children. And obviously, I've met many women who have to work because that just is what their you know family situation currently demands or they feel called to work in, in business and the nine to five just does not work for them. And I'm really encouraged to see more companies, more entrepreneurs really looking to help women integrate work and their family life more. Um, and that does look like having more flexible work. Um, I think women are hopefully starting to see that maybe even just having, you know, a, um, mom's helper or having a family member help out with childcare and, and kind of reimagining what it looks like to work. Um, it's, it's a really exciting wave of, um, feminism of, of, of looking at work that's, that's happening right now. It's, it's really exciting to see. Yeah. I think it's just so fascinating to think about how we're seeing a change in the flexibility of work. And realizing that it does not have to be butts in seats from nine to five. It's, it's seeming like it's much more focused on, okay, what are your skills? What are your gifts? And what does it look like to get the work done in a set amount of time? Because I know there have been so many studies done showing that people are not working 40 hours a week. They work maybe half of that. Right. And why other countries are exploring three and four workdays and not necessarily 40 hours in those three to four workdays. No, just removing a day or two and seeing, okay, now, what does it look like? Can we still get the same amount of work done or meet those deadlines? And they're finding that it's possible. So I think that too is really refreshing because I think we've found that this is 
this just feels kind of old, old, like it's not working. Yes. You know, it's like, this is right. just not necessary and you don't need to be burning out as often as we are. Um, I know Femme Catholic had an article in, in talking about for a lot of women who are also doing paid work, working outside the home, maybe working part-time, they're also taking on a lot of the work at home as well. And so yes. even that's why not saying like husbands are absent. It's just that because we have not transitioned as I think openly and collectively to say, we're going to try something different. We're going to see more flexible work schedule. And also what does that look like in the home life as well of chores? And not to say it has to be 50-50 in that division, but just saying, what does it look like for spouses to be doing different things, to have a mother's helper, to have someone coming in and helping with your kids so that a woman is not finding she is doing absolutely everything. Um, because that's what we've seen in the past you know, 50 years women are trying to do it all and the happiness rankings and what they're finding in studies, women's happiness ranking is going down and down and down again. And men are kind of just consistently staying at like, yep, I'm happy. Life is good. And it's not the same for women. And I, I'll share these studies so that people can see for themselves yes. what, what I'm talking about. Leah Jacobson has highlighted this a lot in her book, yes. Feminism, um, yeah. to talk more about this dynamic as well. That's at play when we're talking about the workforce and what does it look like to work outside of the home, inside the home, raising your kids, part-time raising your kids, the kids are in school, whatever those dynamics are. Mm -hmm. And it requires a lot, you know, and I'm not trying to make this sound easy um, at, at any way, shape or form. I <laughs> Today I worked from home a little bit from like 7 to 8 a.m. I took my daughter to the library because our air quality is horrible outside right now. And so we had to go do an activity inside, which was great and fun. And then we had, I have this interview with you. I'll get ready and I'll race into the office. I have back-to-back -back meetings this afternoon and I'll come home around 6 PM and we'll do dinner and bedtime and wake up tomorrow and do it all over again. So I, I am not trying to say that um, every woman should be doing this all the time. This is, you know, or this is like the perfect model, but I'm trying, what my hope is in having this conversation is that if a woman feels an inkling on her heart to start a business or to maybe go back into the workforce and explore what that means, that she feels um, freedom to do that and, and not guilt. Um, the Lord has raised up so many saints for us over the last 2000 years and they all look so dramatically different from one another and I think we need to take solace in that that um our stories will be unique from one another and it's okay um to to embrace that I think that's what's so fascinating when seeing these conversations is leading into my next question for you that I really want to get into as well is like the idea of the best Catholic woman, like what's the best way to be a mom, a Catholic woman, whether you're single, you're married, you have children, you don't have children, whatever space you're in this idea that all these, all the saints are such different, like such radically different stories. And yet we're still seeing these like internet wars and conversations and blogs and, you know, your mom group inviting around, you know, what is the best way? And there's only one way. And it's like, but that's not how the saints have lived and shown us what it looks like. So I just wonder, you know, like what, what would it look like to live courageously and to be able to actually live out our faith and our, and our roles courageously and look different from other moms. And to be able to say like, yeah, I look different than you, but that's okay. We can celebrate that. I shouldn't be insecure and fearful and wondering, oh my gosh, I'm doing it wrong. 
the sense that we all have to be the same as much as people want to say like, I'm not a sheeple and I'm not going to follow X, Y, Z. I mean, we saw so much of that in the past few years, yet what are we doing? We're all trying to be the exact same because it's safe and it feels like, I think that's the biggest thing. It feels safe and it feels comfortable, but we're not made for comfort. How often are we reminded of that in encyclicals, in the saints writings, through so many, um, you know, different leaders in the church reminding us, like, you're not made to just live a comfortable life. And yet that is what we're kind of seeing at at the foundation of this argument is we all need to look the same because then we're all going to be comfortable and it's all going to make sense. And we all kind of like, we do it all the same way. And I know people are going to hate, there's some people listening who are like, that's not what I think, but it's unfortunate to me that that's the common thread that keeps coming up for me when I look at it. And I'm going, something's off with this. Yes. I think I can only speak from my experience, but it has been incredibly difficult to discern if I'm called to work, what that work looks like, um, and grappling with the consequences of where the Lord calls you to, you know, whether you are called to be a stay-at-home mom or whether you're called at work, there are consequences to that choice. And, those consequences sometimes can be painful and difficult. And I think in trying to avoid that pain, um, we try to look to others to say, oh, she's doing what I'm doing, so it must be okay. Or she's not doing what I'm doing, so it's not okay. Um, and we want that safety and that comfort, like you're saying, but we are not called to safety or comfort. We're called called to greatness. I can tell you that when I graduated school, undergrad. Um, my husband and I had met, um, we were planning to get married. We we're 22. And my plan was to get a master's in theology and to be a, um, homeschooling mom. That's just what I felt like the Lord had put in my heart. In the last 10 years, the Lord has totally redirected me from that. And somehow now I'm a leader of a company and leading 75 employees. <laughs> so it looks very different from what I thought. And I can tell you, um, now the, you know, and I, I still dream of like oh, one day I'm just gonna, you know, just homeschool and, and quit work. But I can tell you that I, I really was making that decision from a place of fear because I wanted to be quote unquote, this perfect Catholic woman. And I'm not saying that people who homeschool are making that decision out of fear, but I can tell you that I was, um, and that's why when I handed over that decision to Lord and said, Lord, if you want this to be, then great, you know, show me the path. And if not, show me another path. And he showed me another path and he continues to lay out those steps for me, um, showing me where he wants me to go and utilize my gifts and talents and, and shape our family. Um, but it was, it, oh my goodness, it's still hard to leave my kids um, and, and go to the office. It's heartbreaking some days. And um, I really have to rely on, um, the peace in discernment um, that I received when I was talking to business mentors and peers and my husband in discerning this decision to work full-time outside of the home um, and continue to discern every single day. This is not just like, oh, I discerned this once and it's great. It's like, Lord, you know, continue to direct me where, where you want me to be working, whether that's both inside the home and outside the home or, or only in the home. Um, it's just, yeah, it's a continued discernment. It's, there's no safe decision either way. (laughs) 
I think I love that you bring up discernment because I think that's a piece that we are realizing in so many places, there's such a gap of, of training in that for us as Catholics and understanding what does it look like? And I've seen, you know, Father Mike, when you look up discernment, Father Mike on YouTube, the amount of videos he has created in the past couple of years because of a crisis we had in making decisions and then being confident in those decisions that we're making and saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. I'm going to like, you know, have your spiritual director, your mentors and make this decision. And like you said, every day, I'm going to ask the Lord, like, Hey, I'm doing this. I'm going all in, but if you have a change for me, or you want me to do something differently, please show me the way because the Lord will redirect us when he needs to redirect us too. And I think we can forget that, but we think in this opportunity of cooperation with the Lord, like it's all on us. And if we make a big mistake, it's going to be so bad. And we're going to ruin our children and ruin our marriages and ruin ourselves. And I think, you know, when we have the best of intentions and we are deepening in our faith life and our prayer life and engaging in the sacraments and discerning and being open, God can use that. He can work with us in that and, and help us to redirect when necessary. And I think we forget that we think it's the one and done decision. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, well, this is my decision until I retire. And if there are seasons where it's really hard or my kids really need me, I guess I just can't pay attention to that because this is just what I do now. Right. Um, Right. And I think that's, that's an aspect that I'd love to get into a little bit here, like in the context of mothers, how do you think we could reframe this conversation around freedom in Christ and making these decisions freely and being able to say yes to our primary vocations? You know, if you're, you're married and you have children as a wife and a mother. Um, but also when God places on your heart that he needs you in these other arenas and he needs you to use these talents, how do we reframe that? Cause you talked a little bit about like choosing and freedom and not guilt. And I think that's a really important piece to this. Sure. For me, it really goes back to this aspect of our feminine genius of motherhood. So our motherhood is not just a physical motherhood. Um, we are called to spiritual motherhood as well. And so our spiritual motherhood is a um, gift that we can uh, give in the workplace as well. And it really should seep into every aspect of our lives. Even with our, my physical children, there's a aspect of spiritual motherhood there. Um, and the Lord calls us to live out our, our motherhood um, in many, many facets, whether, whether that's, you know, volunteering at your children's school or working outside the home or hosting people inside your home, that spiritual motherhood should, should really be, you know, a, something that should not defi- uh, divide us, but really, um, integrate and, and join us together as Catholic women. I really like to think of it as, you know, I have friends who are stay-at-home moms. I have friends who own businesses, the church as a whole needs us as mothers. Um, mothers are so needed um, in the world, in, in our church, spiritually, physically. Um, but we cannot all be at one place at the same time, or we can't be everywhere at the same time. We can only be where we're specifically called to. Um, and so you know, it is not necessarily like your kids are just your kids. So you deal with it and your family is my, your family. So you guys operate, you know, the way you operate, we are called to communion, um, as families, as mothers within the church. And, um, we need to really be open to that bridge, um, between one another, 
um, my friend who, one of my friends who has been a stay-at-home for last, stay-at-home mom for last eight years, there was a season where I was working part-time from home and um, had just had Amelia at my second and she was looking for work and I was like, can you please just help me out a couple days a week? So she would bring her three kids and um, they would be here with my babies and um, they would, you know, go about their day downstairs while I was up in my office working. And it was such a beautiful image of how um, two women within the church are called to two different things um, within the church, but we're helping one another accomplish our vocations and our goals in that season of our lives. Um, and so I, I really would love as Catholic women for us to start seeing um, the desperate need um, that each of our specific vocations and callings and gifts um, have within the church and that they're not opposed to one another, but they really build upon one another. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love your example that you have, you're working part-time and then you have a friend who brings her kids over and is helping you with your kids. And it isn't, this isn't a competition, it's collaboration. It's figuring out like, how do we help each other? Because she is rooted in, in what she is called to do. And you are rooted in what you're called to do in your identities and the way God is asking you to live out your motherhood and live out your feminine genius. So there isn't this need for competition. I think there's an opportunity in that space when you're grounded like that to say, okay, in which ways can I give and can I receive? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this constant, like, oh shoot, I feel so bad, or I, sh- I have to pay you, or I have to do this, or I should do X, Y, Z. Because I think we get so fearful that if I take from someone, it's not receiving. It's like we have this language around taking. Okay, I have to go back. I have to pay them back rather than saying I can receive this help. And there are opportunities for me to be able to give back, but not out of this um, transactional relationship. It's mm-hmm. in true freedom in relationship, which ties into my, my next question for you. Like the, what are the biggest thoughts, beliefs that you see women have that are really holding them back in this space and thinking about what does it look like? to work or to be a spiritual mother or physical mother? What have you noticed in in your work and the conversations you've had with women? I'll start with one of my most difficult thoughts um, that I work with my spiritual director and my Catholic therapist on, which is if I work, I'm ruining my kids. And I have to say that Sterling Jackie has a fantastic podcast episode that we'll link in in these um, show notes so that everyone can reference on exactly answering that question. I think, and, and you know, actually, um, Jennifer Fulweiler has spoken about this on her podcast as well, quite often about how you are not called to be everything to your child, um, and that the Lord knows better than us, which I have to remind myself on a daily basis, um, that if we are doing his will, he is going to take care of our children, um, and that he knows what's best um, for them. And if that is a working mom, then that's what is going to be best for them. Even though in that very moment, it might not feel like it. Um, we need to cling to that truth that the Lord knows better than us. Um, so that's a big fear and lie that I, that I hear from other women and, and from myself. Um, the second is that money is bad as we addressed, um, that if I make money, it's somehow, um, yeah, somehow negative or, or, or something bad. Um, this is a very uniquely female, um, problem. I've never heard a Catholic man say this. Um, but the Lord has really over the last 10 years opened my husband's and I's eyes to, um, how money can be used to, uh, fulfill his will for our families and for our, for our community as well. Um, 
And then the question of just how do I juggle it all? And I hate the word juggle and I hate the word balance because I actually think of it more as a flow um, between work and family. I think integration leads to a flow between I'm working, I'm putting the house together, I'm answering an email, I'm running to a meeting, but I'm also about to change a diaper before I do that. Um, I, I think we just have to be more open as Catholic women to sharing what our day-to-day -day looks like. And I think that's one of the actual uh, gifts of social media is people sharing a little bit more vulnerably about what their day-to-day -day lives look like. Um, and all of us being okay with maybe our days looking differently um, or maybe being empowered and saying, oh my gosh, she's spread thin as just as much as me. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're going to um, pray for one another and be strengthened by the Lord's um, grace um, through those prayers. Yeah, those are great examples because I, I've definitely wrestled with those myself or I've talked with other women who are also wrestling with that. I think it's really fascinating you talk about with the money aspect that you really haven't heard a man saying like, oh, is it bad if I make money? And it's so true. I don't hear that from friends because I think they're, like we talked about earlier, that structure of the workplace has been designed for men and mm -hmm. men typically historically were the breadwinners of the family and the women stayed at home. But I mean, technological advancements, like we don't have to stay home and do wash anymore. We have washing machines. You know, yeah. we, we have grocery delivery. Like there are so many ways in which our time can be used differently. And that's something I've thought about from the context of someone who is uh, staying at home. Are we using our time well? Because mm -hmm. I'm like, I work about 10 hours a week and I'm home with my girls. And I'm thinking like, well, I have a laundry machine, a dishwasher. I have grocery delivery. Um, you know, we live fairly simply, so we don't have tons to clean. So I have gaps in time where my kids don't really want to play with me. They're fine, independent play, or they're having nap time. Like, what can I do with my time? And rest is great. Not that I always have to be doing something, but I also can fall into the temptation of just scrolling on my phone or watching YouTube. And those are not using my time. Well, they're just not. And so I think that question we have to be honest about is like, can I use my time in a different way to give honor and glory to God? And maybe it is slowing down and resting. Again, you don't always have to be doing, but I think also we can fall into the trap of just watching other people live their lives and we're not living our own. Yes. And so I think in that sense too, um, I think challenging a little bit on my end, I've been thinking about this more like how to, you know, challenging, I think the, the stay at home mom who, yes, it can be very full and very busy, but I also know moms where they're like, man, I have gaps of time. What should I do with that time? Because I'm not called to work full-time outside the home but maybe I could do something different and I need to hone into my skills a little bit to see like, where is God calling me to use my time in a different way? And maybe it's like becoming an amazing cook for your family and you become like a, an extraordinaire in like hosting and recipes. I mean, that's amazing too, but I think to be willing to get creative and again, lean into our own path of sainthood to say like, what is my story and what does it look like for me to use my time? Well, um, because I think that challenge is not only for those who work outside the home which I used to think before being a mom, like, oh, well, it's very structured for outside the home. It's like crazy for moms who are in the home, but it looks different for every woman. There's no set way to do any of this. So for, for women who are, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, and I, you just brought up um, my thought about NFP, you know, like the, when I, when I, we have these conversations as Catholic women, um, I, we often want the church to tell us exact reasons um, to, uh, conceive or to avoid a pregnancy. And that is one of the hardest parts about NFP. Uh, but the church knows um, and equips us to, as couples, discern that together. And this is, you know, a way that 
NFP is flowing through the rest of your family life as well as like constantly discerning um, where you as a couple and where your family is called to work um, and what your family life is is called to look like. And there's no cookie cutter answer for, for any of this. Yeah, that's such a good point because I think we often want that and it would feel really nice. But again, it's like that would cut out the opportunity for communication with the Lord and deepening our faith life, our prayer life and saying, okay, God, what are you calling me to do? And that, again, it's that courage to step into our own stories and not saying, oh, I have to be like everybody else in order to be holy. That's not, that's not what the saints have showed us. Married and unmarried saints have not, have, we don't see that ever. Mm-hmm. It's always the stories of courage and what makes them unique and that they stepped in boldly to their calling that remind us that like, that's what it looks like to be a saint, to be fully alive. Mm-hmm. I love that. So for women who are interested in working, you know, whatever it might look like, whatever capacity, moms, not moms, what's your advice to recommend to them to stay true to their values and who they are and, and, and helping in a sense to prom- promoting this redefinition of the workplace and what it looks like, I think, to step into that flow of your day. Mm-hmm. Have as many, surround yourself with as many resources as possible. So that is a spiritual director, parish priest, daily mass, Sunday mass, the rosary, um, asking friends and family to pray for you. Um, this life is not easy as we talked, we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, none of this is, is easy. We are called to step boldly, um, out of our comfort zone and, and to step into greatness. And that requires, um, a lot of prayer, not only from you and your husband, but also from your community. Um, and also that looks, you know, I'm going to plug Catholic women in business. We have a fantastic free Facebook group, um, where you can find other Catholic women who are working and, and trying to figure this out alongside you. Um, so having spaces where you can go to ask questions and just sometimes vent is really helpful. We also have a monthly mastermind meeting in our uh, membership group where we offer, um, skill building workshops. Um, so going to things what are building your skills and helping you grow in your faith um, so that you don't remain stagnant um, has really helped me over the last 10 years and working in the last three years of becoming a mom and, and working as well. Um, so yes, surrounding yourself in prayer and community and resources is just really vital to, to this vocation. That's awesome. And that ties in with my question for you around like, what are some resources you'd recommend? And I would oh, say yeah. women in business. Absolutely. Yes. Um, you guys have some great, you have great resources and so many different voices, which I think is like mm-hmm. the best part with the blog and with the community, people are so respectful and interested in actually learning from each other, which I think is great. Cause I think there's sometimes people, your Facebook group, they're like, Oh, is this going to get weird? Cause we're talking about hard issues, but these yeah. are women that want to be here and genuinely want to learn from each other. And I think that's what makes it so unique. And so beautiful. Oh, thank you for saying that, Bridget. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean it. It's it's been awesome for me too, personally. So I'm just thinking, like, what as we're ending this, because we're talking about like the good and the hard, the ugly and the beautiful. Like, <laughs> what is something that positive that you're seeing in the workplace right now um, that you're getting excited about that you see maybe is changing or being redefined that you're you're looking and thinking, you know, even for your daughters, like the next generation, like this has a possibility to change things for the better. I am really seeing and hoping um, for a greater acceptance of pregnant women in the workplace. Um, the celebration of our fertility, um, I would love to see become more mainstream. And, and slowly I am starting to see that. 
um, through a law that was just passed, um, which requires workplaces to accommodate pregnant women. Um, I can link more resources there um, or give you some links, Bridget, uh, for people to research that. Um, but I think, yeah, that, that acceptance and, and welcoming of, of pregnant women um, and our fertility um, is such a testament to, um, as Catholic women, when we show up um, with our full selves to the workplace, which includes sometimes our, our you know, pregnancy and obviously always our fertility, um, that is such a, a wonderful way of evangelization. That's so awesome. I love that. That gets me excited just to think about like bringing your full self, like you said too, like your fertility is always there and you may or may not be someone who will be pregnant, but to be able to say like your whole self can be here and you don't have to turn off yourself and dress a certain way or be like a man, you get to be a woman and you get to show up fully woman and, and be in this space and accepted in this space. And there are means that are set up so that you can do that. Like places where you can nurse and mm-hmm. bathrooms that will accommodate you <laughs> and whatever else that you might need when you are pregnant or otherwise, or, you know, even just having access to like feminine hygiene in bathrooms. Mm-hmm. That's been a change that I've noticed too, that I'm like, Hey, this is so helpful. And we're not like freaking out about yeah. these changes. It's so Absolutely. good. It's the little things that I think sometimes don't seem like a win, but when you look back and realize like, actually, no, this is a, this is a really big deal that we're doing this. And that's, we're celebrating as much as like the larger, the larger pieces that fall into place. Absolutely. Well, Elise, this has been great to chat with you. This has been an awesome discussion. I'm so grateful to have you on. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or plug? Um, anything that, sure. you, that, you've, that you've been listening to or reading or you're working on that you would love to share? We would love to hear it. So good. So people can find me on Instagram, Elise Crawford Gallagher, and then you can find Catholic Women and Business on Instagram as well. It's all written out. And then you can find us also at catholicwomeninbusiness.com. Um, it has been so wonderful and such a joy to speak with you today, Bridget. Thank you again for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe, share with your friends and help expand the conversation around women's health. If you're loving the podcast, could you please leave a review? I want these conversations to get into the headphones of more men and women to invite them on a journey of wholeness too. Thank you so much in advance. It means so much to me. You can find more support for charting, instructor guidance, guides, courses, and more by visiting my website, www.managingyourfertility.com. You can also find me on social media at Managing Your Fertility. And don't forget to subscribe to my email list for exclusive content and weekly conversations. Thank you so much for being here. Until next time. Thank you for helping next generation of women like me. Thank you.